0: You're listening to Allied Health Podcast, talking all things Allied Health with your hosts, Danielle Whedon, physiotherapist, and Claire Jones, occupational therapist.
1: Today, we're talking to Greta Palmer. Greta is a vestibular physiotherapist working at Princess Alexandra Hospital in Brisbane.
2: Hi, Greta, and welcome to Allied Health Podcast.
0: Hi, Claire. Hi, Danielle. Thanks for having me.
2: Now, as Dan has mentioned, you're an experienced physio especially who has specialised in the very niche area of vestibular physiotherapy. Um, we're really keen to hear how you came to specialise in such a niche area, and we're also keen to hear about your career pathway as a physio in general. I know when I started my occupational therapy degree, I never imagined that I'd forge a career in allied health um, recruitment and career coaching. And um, Dan, I know this goes for you as well. Uh, so we always we always find it interesting um, to hear how people have ended up where they
1: are
0: today in their career.
1: So first question, Greta. Um, it's an obvious one, but did you always aspire to be a vestibular physio?
0: No, not at all. When I went to uni over 25 years ago, we didn't even learn about vestibular. Now, I was a fairly diligent student. I went to all my lectures and pracs, and I can honestly not even remember the word being mentioned. So I have only um, become a vestibular physiotherapist fairly late in my career, and it's really only captured my interest in about the last 10 years or so. Yeah, that's interesting. So do you want to just run us through your career today, Greta? Yes. So I've got a fair bit of ground to cover, so (laughs) I'll try and give you a quick rundown. But overall, my career hasn't exactly been linear in its progression. There's been lots of ups and downs. So I graduated in 1996 from the University of Queensland, and I accepted a job as a new graduate physio at Royal Brisbane and Women's Hospital. And like all new grad physios, I was in the rotational pool doing my time in all the different areas, and I loved them all. Lots of on-call work, lots of weekends, saved up enough money to go overseas, and I would like to say it was for the, the work experience, but <laughs> it was to travel and see the world. So that's what I did. And I came back and pretty much did a similar kind of thing for the next few years, still with no real clear focus. And then uh, I got married and we went overseas a second time. So both of these stints overseas, although I really enjoyed them, um they weren't with a specific career focus in mind of what it was about the travel. But when I came back, I definitely started to uh, find an interest in rehabilitation and geriatric uh, and neurology. And so I worked for a few years and worked my way up into a senior physiotherapy role at that point. So I was about eight years, I guess, post, um, you know, uni. I was tracking quite well. I'd done two stints overseas, I'd worked my way up into this senior physiotherapy role, and then I had time off to have my children. Mm. So I had uh, three kids uh, in four years, and so that didn't leave a lot of time for work, as you can imagine, so I I had time off, and I really enjoyed that time off. I don't regret it at all. But when I... let's just clarify that, Granette. It's not really time off, is it? It's more
2: time on. (laughs) Having having three kids in four years is more time on
0: than time off. (laughs) Yeah, And I got to pursue other things as well. So other non-physio things. So it it was a a really good career break. But when I came back after having this break, I completely underestimated how hard it would be to start Mm -hmm. again. And I also changed hospitals at that point. So that was when I changed to the Princess Alexandra Hospital. And I did that for a couple of reasons, primarily for work-life balance, because I can walk to the PA hospital and with three young kids, it just made sense. Mm -hmm. Also, the PA has a strong rehab focus. So we have a number of different uh, specialty rehab boards, and it just seemed like it would be a really good Fit for me, so I made uh, the change. So I relinquished my senior physiotherapy job and started again at the bottom. Mm. And it was hard because no one knew me. No one knew the things that I'd done. Uh, No one, yeah, knew anything about me. And I guess I was lacking some confidence because I've been out of the career, out of the workforce for a while. And I found it really hard. I was uh, lacking. Um, you know, my morale was down, mm-hmm. and um, it, I I talk about it as being my career ditch. So I knew I had to find a way to get out. I had no job security because I was trying to get a, a permanent job, and it was very competitive at that time. And so the first um, the first thing was was to get a permanent job, which I did. But I was also, uh, I had little job satisfaction at that point because I was rotating through all the different areas of the hospital. So, um, you know, one month or one rotation I'd be in the geriatric ward, then the next rotation I'd be in the general medicine ward, and then the next rotation I might be in orthopedics. So I was back in the rotational pool doing all these different areas. But what happened as I was, Working across all the different parts of the hospital, I would see these dizzy patients pop up across the whole hospital spectrum. Mm -hmm. And I also saw that no one was confident treating them. No one knew how to treat them as physios. We weren't treating them. And even the doctors didn't um, seem to have a good understanding of, of dizziness and vertigo. So I saw this need. And this was probably about 10 years ago when I saw a need. To manage the dizzy patients in my hospital better. And so I made this conscious decision to upskill myself. And no one asked me to do it, but I just put in a lot of work behind the scenes, uh, lots of reading, going on lots of courses, and started treating dizzy patients and was able to scope out, you know, the number of patients across the hospital, was to be able to show a need for this service. And so I established the physiotherapy vestibular clinic at the PA hospital. Mm. And I'm now an advanced vestibular physio. So that's all I do. And I guess I'm very lucky to have found this area of work. I'm very proud of what I've achieved. And in summary, I think it's come about through a lot of hard work, but also a bit of luck along the way as well. Greta, we could do an entire episode
2: on what you've just talked about. and. For women taking that career break and the challenges that brings, and what it took for you to then forge your career, um, you know, from the ditch um, to an advanced specialist physio, that is a that is a that's a whole series in itself. <laughs> but that's um,
0: to contribute more to that conversation. But yeah. that, that's
2: the quick summary. It's the quick summary, right? We 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 should go back and explore that further in another episode. <laughs> now. Can you give us just another brief summary of what a vestibular physio actually does? Because I find find this quite fascinating.
0: Yeah, it is quite fascinating. And a lot of patients don't actually know, you know, what a vestibular physiotherapist does either. So we treat a range of uh, problems, dizziness and balance problems that are related to the vestibular system in the inner ear. So the vestibular system is uh, located in our inner ear and that's where we get our sense of equilibrium or our balance from. And they're pretty nifty, the vestibular system. They're involved in everything that we do. So they're our little movement sensors, and they detect movement. They tell our brain what direction we're moving in and how fast we're moving. So for example, Claire, if I was to put you on an office chair with a blindfold on and spin you
2: around... Please don't. Please don't. I'm someone who gets car sick. That's my worst nightmare.
0: But if you were to do that, (laughs) that would be one of your, you know, your vestibular sensory organs that would tell your brain I'm being spun around to the right. Or Danielle, if I put you in a lift with a blindfold on and push the up button, it would be a different one of your sensory organs that would detect that movement. So- They they are involved in everything that we do, really important for your balance, um, and also I explain it to patients, it's like the vestibular system is like your little inbuilt steady cam in your head. It's like this little vision stabiliser. It keeps everything really clear and steady while you're walking around and while your head is moving. So just like you said, Claire, being on that office chair being spun around would make you motion sick. For a lot of patients with vestibular problems, that is how they feel. Their whole world is like a bad home movie thing. Mm. As they walk around and they move their head, their whole world is moving and blurring and bobbing up and down. So they actually feel very uh, sick, they're often off balance, and it's really distressing for them. and and debilitating
2: Greta, I would imagine that it you know it's it, it would be near impossible to work. Yes, yes.
0: With with that
2: feeling, let alone even just, you know,
0: functioning in everyday life. That's right. And so we use a range of different goggles and Mm -hmm. other specialised equipment to do tests. So it's quite funny. Patients come in with dizziness or vertigo and they think that they have a problem with their inner ear. And then we start recording their eyes and putting, you know, these cameras and goggles on and they... They look at me strangely and they don't quite understand you know, how it all is related, I but it. it is a very interesting area
2: of work. So, Greta, what are you looking for in, in eye movement? What's the eye movement
0: telling you? So, the vestibular system is like connected to the eyes through uh, a reflex called the vestibular ocular reflex. Mm-hmm. So the eyes are like the window to the ears so we can see what's happening for the vestibular system. And what we're specifically looking at is nystagmus. So it's an abnormal rhythmical beating of the eyes. And so we watch the eyes very carefully because it tells us really useful information about what is going on in the inner ear vestibular system.
1: And do you see patients acutely and chronically?
0: Yes, so part of the... Work I do and the role that I play in the hospital is I visit all areas of the hospital. So, dizzy patients present to emergency departments every day with a a chief complaint of dizziness. So, I go to the emergency department, and part of the role I play there is with the doctors. We are trying to differentiate benign peripheral causes of inner ear vestibular vertigo versus more serious life-threatening causes of dizziness and vertigo like a stroke for example and I guess just because you have dizziness doesn't mean that it's coming from a vestibular problem dizziness can come from lots of different causes yeah blood pressure simple yeah Or medication side effects or heart or blood pressure. And I've just mentioned a stroke, really serious, worrisome causes. And so that's part of the role that I play in the hospital, trying to work out where this dizziness is coming from. And if it is something inner ear related, then it's um, amenable to vestibular rehab and I can follow them up in the clinic. But I go to all areas of the hospital. I'm pretty much on first name basis with all the the specialty you know doctors um and they really value my input into the management of these patients yeah um
1: and what what's the history of vestibular physio is it has it always been around i know you said you discovered it, it, it for yourself if you like 10 years ago but is it an emerging area of practice
0: so I, I did say I didn't learn about it at uni, but I guess the correct answer is it just wasn't embedded in the curriculum at that point, because it has actually been around since about the 1950s. Uh, there were a couple of physios doing Cawthorn Cooksey exercises, which are a series of head and eye movement exercises, even back then. But it wasn't until about the 1990s that there was really this, um, you know, a growing area and a crew from America, Dr. Susan Herdman, who's a very well-renowned physical therapist, and her colleague, Dr. Neil Shepherd, became prolific in this area. So there's really increasing strong evidence for the value of vestibular rehab. Mm-hmm. And So it's this growing area. There's quite a few private vestibular physiotherapy clinics popping up mm-hmm. and vestibular physiotherapists are fast becoming the allied health or the health professional of choice to to Mm. treat this balance problems
2: Mm. and Greta this is another obvious question but but why are you so passionate about this area of practice
0: well you tapped on it before Claire dizziness and vertigo is really distressing and really disabling I mean I don't know if Either of you have experienced it, but many of your listeners will have because it affects so many people. Mm. And so I guess as all as health professionals, we enter the profession because we like helping people, but dizziness and vertigo affects people's work. It affects their ability to drive. It affects their independence, their social interactions. And so I am able to help these people. And there are some conditions, well, in fact, the most common condition I treat is BPPV, or benign paroxysmal positional vertigo, and it's caused by little particles in the inner ear that get dislodged and they get stuck in the wrong place. So it's this problem where you have something stuck, like a rock in your in your shoe. You know, you have to find it, shake it out. And so, if diagnosed correctly, BPPV can be treated in one session.
1: Yeah.
0: And So I have seen a gentleman who had had BPPV for 10 years and he was a painter and he had had to give up work because he couldn't get up a ladder and tip his head back to paint the ceiling. And I treated his vertigo in one session. Oh. And so that for me was just a game changer because there aren't too many areas of physio that you can treat someone yeah. effectively and totally in one session. And so, you know, that for me is the, the big thing because I can make such a difference to these people's lives. The other thing I love about my job now, and I also mention, is just the role I play in the hospital. So I've worked very hard to develop the credibility and the respect mm-hmm. with the doctors, but they really value my input. And mm-hmm. so I'm very much involved in diagnosing and treating these patients And although the role comes with a lot of responsibility because the stakes are pretty high, as I said, when I go to the emergency department and I'm saying to the doctors, oh, no, this patient doesn't need an MRI, this patient has vestibular neuritis, refer them to me and I'll follow them up in the clinic. You don't want to get that wrong. Yeah. (laughs) So it comes with a lot of responsibility. It's quite challenging work. Uh, In fact, my brain hurts most days (laughs) thinking But I do enjoy that and vestibular physiotherapy is really a great mix of logic and what I mean by logic is there's lots of laws, there's lots of rules, there's lots of patterns that you learn in vestibular anatomy and physiology, but it also is this great mix of that logic and creativity. So nothing ever is quite what you see, quite what it seems. You have to be a little bit creative in vestibular physio. Yeah.
1: And what about for physios that are listening um, that might be interested in pursuing a career in vestibular physio, what sort of advice? I know you said you did a lot of upskilling yourself, but what sort of advice could you offer around establishing a career in the area in terms of courses and PDE?
0: So my first top tip was would be to get a good background experience first. That's not to say you can't go straight into vestibular physiotherapy. you can, but I think it is good to have a good well-rounded, Uh, background knowledge particularly in neurology Uh, and so that that was very helpful to me I use those skills every day there are a number of courses available these days so I would recommend going on a basic two-day vestibular course first and then progress your way there are even six-day week-long competency-based courses that you on for vestibular And the third thing I would recommend is getting a vestibular mentor because I just know how many times I needed to read this stuff for it to sink in. And having a mentor I have found really useful and even as an experienced vestibular physio, I still surround myself with colleagues that you can ring and ask questions and say, oh, hey, can you look at this video for me? What do you think? Does this make sense? And so I still really value that peer supervision.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And finally, Greta, um, you had mentioned, you mentioned how closely you work with um, with, with doctors. Um, do other allied health professionals treat people with vestibular issues?
0: So I work very closely with audiologists. Hmm. Hearing and the balance sensors are both located in the, in the ear. So in addition to the hearing tests that audiologists are very well known for, some audiologists can do additional audio vestibular testing and so that is really useful for us in the diagnostic workup when we're trying to identify what the cause is. So I do work very closely with audiologists and also psychologists.
2: Mm.
0: I have a few psychologists at the hospital that I refer to because it is so distressing and it has such a big impact on their life Mm -hmm. and often after you've had a you know uh, vestibular crisis people develop secondary associated symptoms and they often develop depression and anxiety Mm -hmm. or it exacerbates an underlying depression and anxiety so there are some vestibular disorders where having psychology input is really helpful
2: was When you mentioned the painter having um, suffered um, vestibular dysfunction for 10 years, oh, that was the first thing I thought of. I just thought, like, from a mental health perspective, um, what an impact that must have had on, on his life, um, having to give up his... And, and with that, you know, when you're trying to manage dizziness, there aren't a lot of other jobs that you can do there aren't a lot of other options I would imagine other than sitting on a couch or lying in bed and just trying to live with the dizziness
0: yeah as I said the vestibular system is involved in everything we do so it really is very disabling for patients
1: yeah socially like you mentioned as well you know if you if you if you're not confident to go out and you you physically can't go out it's not just work that's affected it's your social ability to socialize
0: the yeah. falls risk too these yeah. patients are yeah. very off balance and having a vestibular problem places them at a higher falls risk
2: mm.
1: it's interesting it's like so the area of chronic pain as well isn't it that that just that overlap of how debilitating it, it is to somebody's life um and and even if you can some of the patients that you see can be fixed relatively quickly um there's still um there's still the history of what they have you know, what they've had to manage socially and work-wise as well.
2: Yeah, and trying to rebuild after the after the problems, rebuild their lives after the problem's fixed. That's right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Thank you for joining us, Greta. It's really been, it's been a very interesting conversation and it's always great to hear about the different career pathways available to clinicians and um, I've no doubt your story, your career story, um, has inspired many of our listeners to explore options available to them in niche areas of practice. So thanks again for joining us.
2: Thank you for having me. Thanks, Greta. It's been fantastic.
0: We hope you enjoyed listening to the Allied Health Podcast. In the show's notes, you'll find links to our free recruitment resources, job opportunities and healthcare marketplace insights. To listen to new episodes, please subscribe via Apple, Google or wherever you find your favourite podcasts. And if you've enjoyed the show, please give it a five-star rating and review and be sure to tell your therapy colleagues and friends to tune in.